Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. On this show, we're going to review of Janet's uh, latest cruise, a seven-night Alaska cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Jewel of the Seas. But first... Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. Kicking off the show this week with a little bit of disruption last week in the cruise industry from Hurricane Joaquin. There has been, and uh, it's it. Look again. I'd rather be on a ship than uh, than in a hotel when hurricanes are threatening. But uh, you know, there there were several ships uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, the good thing was that the the storm was uh, on the on the far eastern side of the Bahamas, uh, which is not um, akin to traffic by cruise ships. Mm-hmm. But uh, many to avoid uh, any impact or discomfort of their passengers, uh, ships like uh, Carnival Conquest, uh, Sensation, um, uh, were, were you know moved in order to avoid uh, you know to avoid the storm. Disney had a couple of ships, and then uh, you know Carnival had a couple other ships that were uh, avoiding um, Bermuda uh, to head north or south to avoid the storm again to ensure passenger and ship safety. Imagine the people sailing on Royal Caribbean's uh, Liberty of the Seas out of Bayonne, New Jersey. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to Bermuda. We got our board shorts. We're ready to go swim and have some fun in the sun. Yeah, we're trading in our board shorts for long johns. We're going to Canada for the week because of the storm. Yeah, and that happened a few (laughs) years ago. If you recall, there was a a tropical storm that was threatening Bermuda, and it was literally going to go right through Bermuda or right right in front of it. And there were a lot of passengers that were just completely irate because they felt that uh, Royal Caribbean should have sailed through the tropical storm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they, they could have uh, had their experience there because uh, they were ill-prepared for uh, cooler temperatures. But, uh, you know, uh, the ship did the right thing, went to Canada and New England. Um, people needed to get over it. But, you know, the cruise line's not going to sail a ship into a tropical storm because you didn't have proper clothing. Yeah, and people <laughs> complain, but it's it's like right there when you click that ticket contract, it says the captain can do whatever he wants when there's storms out there. They can alter the itinerary yeah. with no discussion and no compensation due. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it just imagine, you know, let, let's say with that storm a couple of years ago where they would have had to go through a tropical storm. Um, Bermuda certainly would not have been a very pleasant place to be, considering uh, they just got the uh, fringes of of the storm. There would have been a lot of rain. The you know there would have been a lot of upset seas, and you would have a, a vast majority of the passengers very upset because you know what was Royal Caribbean thinking? But they they erred on the side of caution, and they have, you avoid storms like this. That's you know that's the beauty of the technology is that the storm paths can be predicted and can be avoided. Speaking of weather, a perfect segue into our next talking point, because a lot of cruise ships skip Grand Cayman sometimes if the weather is bad or the waves are too rough. Uh, Well, it looks like uh, a cruise pier is actually seriously being considered. We've been talking about it for years, but seriously being considered at Grand Cayman. 
Well, it, hopefully uh, it's going to happen. They've had a couple of uh, near misses uh, in the past, mm-hmm. but uh, the Grand Cayman Premier uh, essentially said that uh, it's, it, it is going to happen. And uh, you know, there was uh, it, apparently it was quite the uh, quite a fight, and you know, he said it was the the biggest uh, situ- you know, biggest uh, item that matter essentially that they've had to deal with um, in recent memory was you know what he said. I, you know, I just can't imagine that uh, building a cruise pier was the biggest thing, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently it was. But uh, what was you know, I guess disappointing was the how you know a lot of people were being misled, Doug, because they were being told that the you know, one that the the reefs were going to be destroyed, um, which is not entirely true, and two that the 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 ship's pier is going to change the color of the water, so it's going to look like a a puke brown. Mm. And we know that in other situations where this has happened, meaning a cruise pier has been built, uh, use Grand Turk uh, by Carnival Corp. Um, you know, the, the the ships dock just offshore. People go right to the beach right there. You're swimming by the ship and beautifully. You know, beautiful uh, turquoise uh, water uh, about uh, 200 feet away from the ship, and uh, there is a nice, you know, harmony of of the ship and and the cruise dock and and the beach area. So we know if done properly, uh, it's it, the water uh, color and quality shouldn't change at all, um, and it will greatly increase and enhance the cruise passengers' experience because Grand Cayman, for the most part, you know the the overall you know passenger satisfaction and the passenger numbers have been in decline since 2006. People don't like to tender. People don't like to miss uh, the cruise ports, and it really is an unpleasant experience. And we're talking about one of the, I mean, it is now the only major port in the entire Caribbean that does not have a, have a cruise terminal. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is about time. It will it will bring billions of dollars in additional economic benefit to. Grand Cayman, because notice none of the top five largest cruise ships in the world visit Grand Cayman. They're not going to tender four, five, six, seven thousand people. Is this cruise pier going to be in Georgetown, like the heart of the city? It, it is going to be in Georgetown. Okay. So uh, it's, it's it's it'll be it's 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 so needed, Doug. Mm-hmm. It's been needed for so long, and it's 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 great that they finally have come to this determination that it is in the best interest of Grand Cayman, and now let's just get it done. Moving on, Holland America Line announcing they're increasing gratuity starting December first by what a dollar? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. You know, everybody talks about raising gratuities, yet they don't talk about what what they're going to do to earn the additional money. They're just saying, well, we already earned it, so we're going to charge it. Um, you know, other cruise lines are are paying our staff more, so we should charge more too. So right now, gratuities on Holland America are eleven fifty, and then December first, it switches over to twelve fifty per person per day. What puts it, it puts it right in line with Norwegian Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean and Carnival, pretty much. Somewhere in there, yeah, and then so. also you have the uh, the suites are going to go from twelve to thirteen fifty, yeah, uh, per person per day. Cunard's flagship Queen Mary Two is going to undergo a massive dry dock in 2016. What are we going to see? Well, back in uh, Ju- in July, the middle of July. Canard announced that uh, their flagship Queen Mary 2 was going to be going in for a lot of enhancements. Uh, it's going to be a major dry dock to really make the ship um, more relevant, bring a lot of features that uh, you know spruce up the the, you know, the, the, the cabins and suites. Uh, they're going to be doing a lot to the uh, Princess and the Queen's Grills, which I got to tell you, Doug, mm-hmm. just in general, is a wonderful experience. 
And if you do sail on Canard, it is absolutely worthwhile to upgrade to the grills because the, the difference between the dining rooms uh, of what is in the Britannia versus what's in the grills uh-huh. is absolutely significant. And it's nice to have not, not only your, 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 the same table, but it, it is your table. So this way you never have to worry about coming in to get a seat. Um, but they're going to be making a lot of uh, changes uh, to impact the grills um, as well as you know many other features around the ship that uh, you know are going to be especially in, the, in a lot of the public spaces uh, to really make uh, make the ship much more up to date and uh, you know pl- pleasing to the passengers. Carnival Corp announced that a high speed Wi-Fi is going to be installed on a majority of their ships in the next couple of years. Is this a big deal? Well, it's it's a big deal for Carnival. It's it's going to greatly increase the speeds of the Wi-Fi on the Carnival Corp uh, ships. I mean, right now, 30 ships, uh, 30 of their 101 cruise ships now have the upgraded system uh, um, you know, across the fleet. And essentially what they're doing is that there's 31 satellites that they're now accessing uh, as their ships uh, traverse the world. And so now what it means is that uh, they have faster Internet, they have increased bandwidth, which means that services like Skype and FaceTime, which previously had been uh, blocked, uh, are going to be opened up so passengers can take advantage of it. And they're also, you know, from, you know to, to the delight of many people, Doug, they're going to be lowering the prices uh, as well as continuing to roll out the, um, uh, you know, the, the packages for you know, doing stuff by the day uh, and being able to get you know, social media packages where, you know, um, you know, Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram can be more easily accessed if that's all you're doing uh, at a much less, you know, far less expense, uh, expensive package and, and price to really get, you know, people to be able to enjoy their time. But Doug, as, as you know, as you know, we, we go on cruises all the time that people don't want to miss a beat, you know, as if they were at home. And the nice thing also, Doug, besides the 31 satellites, uh, they will be accessing Wi-Fi uh, while in port which you know, we know is, is a lot faster, so it should really enhance the, the experiences. Yeah, I reached out to Carnival, and uh, they said that 12 of their ships already have this high-speed Internet, and the rest are due out by the rest of this year or early next year. So uh, that's going on. In closing here, Stuart, got a listener email. If you have a question, uh, feel free to email comments at cruiseradio.net. This question says, how safe is it to cruise during hurricane season? Well, that's a great question, Doug, and... <laughs> I've actually taken you know lots of cruises during hurricane season, and I'd rather be on a ship than you know at a land-based you know hotel, uh, in, you know when a hurricane is threatening because the hurricane can move and the hotel can't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a fine time to go if there is a storm threatening. Uh, ships move. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not like a, a tornado or an earthquake where it happens suddenly. They have days and days to prepare. And, and make changes. So uh, hurricane season's fine. I was just out in Hawaii with uh, Hurricane Guillermo, and they just uh, altered the itinerary, and we had uh, beautiful days, you know, seven straight days. We got all the ports in. Um, and we wound up with a shortened uh, uh, time in uh, Kauai, um, but because we wound up, instead of going to the Big Island, we wound up going to Kauai for, uh, after Maui, and then we had to get from the far reaches of Kauai all the way to the Big Island. But uh, you know, we saw everything. It was a wonderful experience. 
Um, and I absolutely uh, would not hesitate to cruise during hurricane season. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thanks, man. My pleasure. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through cruisingexcursions.com. Why cruising excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zip line in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist cruisingexcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. We always love to get your cruise reviews. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Janet just returned from a seven-night Alaska sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Jewel of the Seas, and she joins us this evening. Hello, Janet. Hi, Doug. So let's take a step back before we actually step foot aboard Jewel of the Seas. What made you want to decide to take this cruise? What draws you to Jewel of the Seas? It's a nice class of ship. It's one of the smaller ones, the Radiance class. But we wanted to go back to Alaska and also see some friends in Vancouver before the trip. Nice. So you fly into you're, – you're over there in Pennsylvania, so you had to get out to Seattle. And uh, you said you went up to yes. Vancouver. So did you fly into Seattle, or how did you get to Vancouver? We did fly nonstop into Seattle, mm-hmm. and then we – you can rent a car. And it was just about a three-hour drive up to Vancouver. I'm going to ask you a stupid question because I've never driven in Canada before. How was it crossing, okay. the, how was it crossing the border from the U.S. into Canada when you're driving? It was actually quite humorous driving in. Mm-hmm. You're just stopped at the at the border crossing. You know, it almost feels like a toll booth. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going in. You got to show your ID. But we had kind of a, a drill sergeant going over asking us a million questions. But yeah, that was it. Just did, a few questions and no firearms or this or that. And you know, no. <laughs> did you have to? Uh, did you have to pay anything to go back and forth? No, 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 there's no fee. Very cool. So uh, Jewel of the Seas, uh, it does seven-night round-trip cruises, uh, or well, it did in the Alaska season. And so it's out of Seattle. So you uh, get to the Seattle terminal. Did you stay a night early, or did you just go right to the cruise port? We went right to the cruise port because we were driving back from Vancouver. So mm-hmm. we had to drop off our rent-a-car at the airport, and then we got a taxi over to the ship. Nice. So how was embarkation out of Seattle for you? Very easy. There was only two ships there and sharing the one kind of main terminal building and it it was smooth very easy just kind of you go to an upper level where you check in and then walk on the ship if i were to ask you how long it took you to get from the curb to on the ship what would you tell me 20 minutes oh that's awesome yeah, it was really quick. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. So you make your way on the ship, and uh, like you said, Jewel of the Seas is a Radiance-class ship, so it's an, it's an older ship. There's no main promenade or anything like that on board the ship. But uh, as you made your way on, what were your impressions this time around? 
Very beautiful. Still has that large centrum that's, you know, open to all the different decks going up with the glass elevators. Mm-hmm. Very pretty metal artwork kind of going around and lots of beautiful visual lights. But the, the ship has so many windows, it just seems like it has more windows on it. Even elevators facing outside to the sea, as well as inside to the centrum. So that's a pretty cool feature. Yeah, I also like, you know, Holland America has that too on some of their ships, where the, the elevator is on the outside. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's so cool. Like Just that connection with the sea is one thing you've got to love about those two ships. Let's talk about your stateroom. So you make your way to your stateroom. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? Um, it was an inside cabin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're nice. Actually, this ship also has, I feel like, a little bit more of a warm feeling to it because it has more of, like, the wood texture and paneling, you know, down the hallways and inside the, the stateroom. But your your standard, you know, the, the bed, two beds are pushed together for one bed, you know, the sitting area with a couch and table and TV refrigerator, plenty of closet space. So, yeah, your, your basic amenities. Well, let me ask you, uh, because you and your husband sailed on this cruise, uh, was there enough space for both of you with your luggage and all that? <laughs> he actually packs more than me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> How does that happen? You can believe that one. Yeah, I know, right? Because I'm a pro. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Alaska, you need the bigger jackets and yeah. more sweatshirts and, you know, heavier clothing. But, um, but yeah, no, we, we actually, you do. There's absolutely plenty of room. Nice, very nice. Yeah, between the closet and the drawers. So, yeah, it's all good. Let's talk about dining on Jewel of the Seas because uh, this being an older ship, it hasn't undergone like a complete refurbishment where it has all these new venues. You basically have the Windjammer, you have the main dining room, and a couple of specialty restaurants. So let's start at the top mm-hmm. at the Windjammer and uh, talk to us about your experience there and then work your way down to the main dining room. Okay, well, yeah, the Windjammer, you know, of course it's, towards the top of the ship. I forget what tech number, but um, another large wind jammer where you walk straight back and it's all these little mini islands of all the different types of foods, kind of pretty much like two of everything, you know, so it's duplicated on either side. Mm -hmm. And the wind jammer on this ship, I noticed it has a really nice enclosed area with like the couches that you can sit out outside, but the inside, if that makes sense. It's just all glassed in. Yeah. Okay, very nice. What did you think of the food up there? Good. Yeah, I mean, you know, your big variety of of everything from salads to main entrees to snacks and pizzas. So always a good, yeah, good variety. Today's Their variety. Their hours seem to be a little bit longer, too. Yeah. Like even even midday, they would have different things up there. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seemed to be longer hours there. I love Royal Caribbean's. I, they're like oatmeal cookies or coconut cookies. I oh, I like the oatmeal raisin. Yeah, that's my weakness. Big weakness. <laughs> Big weakness. One of many on cruise ships. Um, so let's, let's work our way down to the main dining room then. Uh, what kind of dining did you have? What time of dining? We were on the 8 o'clock seating okay. for the late dining. And how was that? Yeah, it was good. We had a, a large table kind of towards the back of the dining room, but right up against one of the windows. That was lovely. It's always kind of caught right at the end of the, the sunset there at night. But yeah, great uh, great service. Interesting. What was your favorite dish in there? Favorite dish? Oh, you know me. I'm a, I'm a plain chicken girl. I know. What, what about um, okay, what, what was your husband's favorite one? Did he, <laughs> did he have one? Oh, well, of course, on the, the second formal night is always 
like the lobster dinner. Mm-hmm. So we had lobster and um, filet. Oh, a little surf and turf action. Got to love it. Yes. Yeah, very nice. And uh, there's also a couple of specialty restaurants on board Jewel of the Seas. Did you go to any of those? We did. We actually went to my favorite. I was so happy to see it on the ship, the Portofino restaurant. Ah, yeah. That's the Italian one. Yeah, uh huh. It is Italian. Yep. Because what else would it be named Portofino, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you were wondering. Good God, Doug, pull it together. Um, So, yeah, it was the Italian one, Portofino. Uh, What is your favorite dish in there? It's funny. I love it basically not more for the main entree, but for they have this amazing minestrone soup Mm -hmm. that is unlike no other minestrone soup. And, um, of course, the dessert, the the tiramisu, I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you, like, you don't even care about the main course. It's like, I like this soup and I like the dessert. Worth oh, my God. And then the, <laughs> even the dessert sampler. My husband got the dessert sampler, so uh, you get, like, four different desserts. Yeah, it's the best. What does uh, Portofino cost per person? $25. That's not bad. No. I mean, it's so much food. Yeah. It's absolutely worth it. And the service is impeccable, and you can just take your time. And we sat right up at a window again watching Sail Away. It was great. Love it. Let's talk about the entertainment aboard Jewel of the Seas. Um, When I was on there, Royal Caribbean rolled out this program in the atrium where there was, like, dancers swinging around the atrium pouring champagne in your glasses. Is that still going on? Well, I missed that. Did I dream that? I I think it really happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, they did. There was so much entertainment going on in the in the centrum. There was some like flash mob dances, mm-hmm. yes, but they didn't pour any champagne. But um, and the the finish that lyrics, you know, show that they do, which is hysterical. Uh, Dance classes. I mean, so much every different day. There was something going on in the centrum. Interesting. Okay. Well, with that... Oh, even the, the the parade of flags, that's usually at, towards the end of the cruise, but that's usually up at the pool deck. But due to the weather, they did it in the centrum. That was the best parade of flags I've ever seen. It was a lot of fun. What made All it so cool? All the different countries and people getting out there dancing. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen that? I, well, I, I was on a... Yeah, I was on a Royal Caribbean sailing over the summer on Monarch of the Seas, and they did it, and there was like... 52 countries represented or something. It was very, like, just interesting how many different nationalities are on that boat. Right. Or, yeah, for I sure. I guess I should say on that ship, so someone doesn't correct me. Um, cool. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about being at sea because you were in Alaska, so sea days were quite scenic. What did you think about the sea days? Beautiful scenery. I mean, just depending how far up on the itinerary you were, but... People were spotting whales and dolphins and the whole coastline of the the mountains and the trees. It's just breathtaking. Nice. Was there a naturalist on board that gave a lot of information as you were going through different passages and all of that? That's interesting you say that. Not like another Alaska cruise I've been on. It was a little different. This one, they had some talks again in the centrum, Mm -hmm. kind of like with a slideshow okay. or a PowerPoint presentation, but not like up on deck like yeah. speaking. I always like that when they open up like the front of the ship when you can go on there and 
you know, bring your binoculars or camera. Yeah. And all that. Very nice. Okay. Well, let's talk about what ports you hit on this one, because, uh, of course I do follow you on Instagram and Twitter and I was watching your posts you were putting out there and it just looked so amazing. Uh, what ports did you hit on this itinerary? We had Juno, Skagway, and then Victoria, British Columbia. Which one was your favorite? Oh, that's tough. I've been to Juneau and Victoria before, but that was my first time going to Skagway, Okay, which was really fun. I felt like I was taken back in time to like an old Western movie with with a little town. And I don't know. I, I did love Skagway. Nice. But Victoria, I would say Victoria is probably my favorite. Did you hit any breweries up in Juneau? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually first we did we took the, the bus tour that takes you to the Mendenhall Glacier mm-hmm. and we walked all around there and took pictures and went into the visitor center and learned more about that and then we walked through the town of Juneau to the little different shops and restaurants and there was of course the old favorite the Red Dog Saloon <laughs> you gotta love the You've Red been Dog there haven't you oh yeah where the where yeah. the old dude is playing the guitar in there Oh my God. Yeah. Someone's on the piano playing and they're all dressed in their period costumes. All the women, like, you know, the saloon girls. Yeah. And everything up on the walls and the ceilings, very interesting to look at. Yeah. It's quite, quite the place there. And you get some good drinks too, as well. You know, it's, it's a tourist kind of thing, (laughs) but actually, if you want to get some good drinks that aren't an arm and a leg, if you walk back a couple of blocks behind there, there's some good local watering holes there that there's no tourists at all. It's just a bunch of locals. And they, all they want to do is talk yeah, politics, but they have cheap drinks. Yeah, well, I know the, the other one that crew actually taught me a long time ago was the biking mm-hmm. bar. Yeah. Did you ever go to the I biking? Did, yeah. yeah. It's like a two, two-story two bar. Upstairs, mm-hmm. they have pool tables. And yeah, it's another fun one. All kinds of fun happening in Juneau, Alaska. So... Um, so in closing here, Janet, do you have any first time tips for listeners who may be considering sailing Alaska on Royal Caribbean? I would say the itineraries with either more ports or stopping at as many glaciers as possible is always the best. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing an outside cabin, you know, sailing north, you'd want to be on the, the starboard side, you know, for the, the better views. That would be my tip. Okay, very nice. Well, Janet, um, give me your final thoughts of Jewel of the Seas. She's a beautiful ship. Like I said, lots of windows and glass and to let the light in and lots of that wood cozy feel. The Safari Lounge was spectacular there as well. And and two leveling, self-leveling pool tables back there, which is uh, something I've never seen. Interesting. Very nice. Well, we've been talking with Janet Heaton about her recent seven-night Alaska cruise from Seattle aboard Royal Caribbean's Jewel of the Seas. Janet, thank you for being on the show and sharing your experience with us. Anytime. Thank you so much, Doug. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.